Well, hey there, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another edition of the WTOC First Alert Weather Podcast. We have a special occasion here for you for this podcast, don't we, Andrew? Yeah, we sure do. You know, typically it's just uh, Dave myself talking, but a special guest because it is Navy Week in Savannah. Yeah, Navy Week in Savannah here for, of course, the St. Patrick's Day week that we have coming up. And we are joined by AG2 Brady Miskowski, and we are honored to have you here with us today. Yeah, thanks for coming into the station today. I'm glad to be here. So you are on part of the Navy Week. So tell us where, what, what uh, ship are you stationed on and, and how long are you in here for Savannah? So I'm actually stationed down at uh, Stennis Space Center, Mississippi, with the fleet survey team. So that's on a NASA base in Mississippi. Uh, I'm here just until tomorrow now. I've been here for the entire week, just going through, talking to kids at school, and then also uh, we were in the parade yesterday, actually. Yeah. What did you think of that parade? It was unreal. <laughs> I've never been a, in a parade before, so... The amount of energy there was fantastic. It's a high standard. Yeah, you wouldn't think of that when you think of Savannah. You don't think basically the second largest St. Patrick's Day parade in the country, but it basically is a very long parade, and there's a lot of people out there. But it, it was such a good time, though. So you've been here for the week. What are kind of your highlights? What have you liked about Savannah so far? I just love the area. It's beautiful, all the Spanish moss. I know it's invasive, but... <laughs> don't, don't touch it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's, That's what I've heard. Awesome. Well... Uh, we kind of just want to learn a little bit about you because, you know, we are meteorologists, but we kind of present the weather a little bit differently. You know, we communicate the same, but I guess we kind of let our personalities show a little bit. So what is a day of forecasting like for you? So a day of forecasting for us would be uh, just going through and looking at all of our models and all the things that we have at our disposal. So we have... Uh, a lot of different portals we can go to. It all depends on the person that is actually forecasting and making that brief. So each person has their own way of going about it. Usually with myself, just going and looking at uh, the Fleet Numerical Oceanographic uh, Center, they have these models for every level of the atmosphere. So you can actually see what's happening with each level, how it's going to impact from all the way up to the jet stream, all the way down to the surface. And then also just looking at uh, the models, how they're verifying against what's actually happening right now, because some of them, you know, can just be off. Yeah, if they initiate wrong, you don't you just throw it out. Yeah, and that happens, I would say, a lot, but more, it more can happen. Would, more than we would like. Yes. So you understand the struggles, right? Oh, yeah. So you have an oceanography background as well then, obviously with the Navy, but is is that kind of what got you into meteorology or how did that even come to be? So I actually didn't even know much about weather or oceanography, but once I became an AG and started through my schooling, because when we start, we have a three-month school, and that is just to get you spun up on the basics of weather and oceanography. And then they send you off to your first command. So I did that. And then they sent me off to a place called Namwick, which is uh, a mine warfare center. 
where I didn't have to use any of that. Wow. That's that's interesting. That's a little yeah. different than, than what we have to deal with. Yeah, I didn't do any mine forecasting <laughs> minefields like that. So, yeah. so are, are you based you're, are you based on a ship or you said you're over in Mississippi? Are you are you forecasting on a ship? So right now actually uh, I'm not even forecasting, which is another interesting aspect. Uh, we have at Fleet Survey Team, a whole bunch of instruments that we use, like um, unmanned systems that we go through. The uh, like we deploy them out to update navigational charts. So we'll get deployed out to other countries. Like I just went to Qatar in the Middle East a little oh, bit wow. ago, and uh, yeah, we use those systems to help see if there's any hazards to navigation. See if our ships can pull in. Okay, so. I know that you said it's kind of been more recent with meteorology, but whenever you were younger, was it something that fascinated you or it, was it just kind of there? Were you ever interested in it before? It was interesting to me. So initially when I joined the Navy, I wanted to be a, uh air traffic controller, but then they didn't have any options open and they said, well, make a call, see if there's a, a opening for aerographers mate. And I was like, I don't know what that is. And once they started telling me about it and telling me about the weather, I never really thought put any thought into how much stuff goes into weather. And once I went to those schools, it started to solidify me like this is huge. And then like I was saying, that three month school I went to, yeah. that just gets you like the base knowledge. Right. After your first command you go to a nine month school then where they get into the dynamics and all the physics of it. Ooh. That's Not the fun nightmares. part. Thermodynamics, <laughs> physical climatology. Ooh. Those are not fun classes. So okay. how long have you actually been doing this? So I've been an aerographer's mate for about seven and a half years. Oh, okay. Wow. So a lot of it, like I said, has been on the oceanography side. But sometimes I'll be, like I went out to Sicily before COVID started and then COVID hit and I got extended out in Sicily. So I went there for nine months and I would be talking with pilots. So people flying P-8s, the big Boeing aircraft, they just yeah. got it out and then put in all of their computers and set up. We, we would forecast for them, but our forecast would be how well their uh, sono buoys would work in the water. So how far out can they hear an enemy submarine? And then we would also sprinkle in a little bit of like, your clouds are going to be at this level. So just cloud decks and visibility. You can, you can actually forecast. I didn't even think about that. Like if you're thinking, like the only thing I'm thinking of when you're thinking like sonar, I'm thinking like the hunt for Red October. Great movie, <laughs> yeah. by the way. Yeah. You know, you one ping only. And um, there's different lengths and how long it would take there based on what's it like the density or something of the water or something? So uh, specifically for all the different bodies of water, sound's going to propagate differently through it. And then also the depths. So when it comes to that, uh, big thing, temperature, salinity, pressure, right. that's all going to play a factor into how that sound is going to move and then how well you're going to be able to detect, say, a submarine in that area. So there's a, a whole bunch of stuff that goes <laughs> into it. They'll have to, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the XBTs, the bathythermographs. So they'll just drop those in. And then it will record the uh, temperature, pressure, salinity, and then have this uh, graph that shows you how the 
how the sound will propagate. Wow. And so the sound speeds. What that kind of reminds me of is um, actually out here in Savannah on Skidaway, they have these, not sail drones, but they also have something that kind of looks like a torpedo that they try to match up with it. I met with these folks out here last year. They kind of take care of them. So they, they look like big torpedoes, but what they do is, you know, we have all the tools with the hurricane hunters and whatnot to get the data of the atmosphere, but we also are trying to figure out what's happening underneath these hurricanes out in front of it and underneath them too. So they're kind of going at a zigzag from the surface at an angle down to the, the bottom of the ocean floor back up. So I've seen the graphs from those. So that's what comes to mind whenever you say that. Yeah, definitely. It's a, a similar idea to that. So obviously Sicily, not a bad place to get stuck in, you know, for COVID, but uh, wh- where are some of the places that you've been, if you can tell us, and, and what are your favorite areas then to forecast for? So I've been to the Middle East quite a bit, uh, Bahrain specifically. I've been out to uh, Qatar. Uh, they sent me out to South Korea a couple times. That has been one of the greatest places I've ever really? been. Uh, and then Sicily. So Sicily was um, where I did the bulk of talking about weather. So there would be a uh, commander's update brief. We call it a cub. And we would just have everyone from that uh, command come in, and we would just go through each division and kind of give, like, it would always start out with weather. So I would go up there, and I would give them, like, this is what we're looking for for Sicily. And then I would have to throw in this, like, volcano brief too because we had a mount etna up there and we would have to know like oh is there going to be ash coming up uh so that was that was a lot of fun i didn't even think about that like how far the ash would travel what it would do to the aircraft itself yeah well uh, that's not something normally think you go back to world war ii you know a lot of people don't think about um you know the jet stream and and just you know there's it's like an atmospheric river of air above us and I know that Japan actually put up weather balloons with with explosives on them, found the jet stream, and it was they were trying to get it to come over toward like the West Coast or uh, Alaska. So that's actually interesting. That it's not something you typically think about. It's a little bit of a military tie-in. No, the, the only thing I think about with that was when that uh, volcano erupted. It was it the Iceland one, and they had oh, yeah. to divert all the air traffic around there because all the ash was getting in there, and you can't fly through that stuff. So yes. that was the only thing I think about. So on on a typical day. Uh, you're giving that that forecast there, and you were, you were saying over there when you were over there in Sicily, you had to go up there for the cup. Uh, and um, what, how long does that usually last? Like, how long does that briefing last? So it would be about um, max amount of time to be up there, two minutes, and Ooh. you're going for uh, a five-day forecast. So he's a, the commander, very busy man or captain, very busy, so he doesn't want to be in that room for more than like a half an hour if he can. So we just have to talk about the necessities, like the bare minimum to get the point across. Yeah. Is there a, what's the most challenging area or body of water that you've had forecast for? Um, that's a good question. Uh, hmm. Because you know we never we never like being wrong, but it happens sometimes. And and for yeah. us, we does get, it uh, does it happen all uh, not <laughs> all the time. Sometimes and and you know for us, it's kind of everyone always wants to know. And we we're about to get into sea breeze uh, season where we get the sea breeze oh. showers, and everyone wants to know is it going to rain over my house? And we're like, we're never going to be able to predict that. Like it we might. can tell you it's coming in. It might. So for us, it's like that's kind of the the reoccurring question because 
we're going to get into a, a pattern where we pop 30% at least every day for people. So that can get a little bit annoying for us. There's not like a specific area, I guess, that's harder for our region to predict, predict or not. Um, but I was just wondering what, if there was an area, since you've been a lot more places than we have, if it's more challenging or not. I don't know about a specific area, but one thing that uh, will get all of us all the time is uh, the, like, fog. Yeah. Like, I know with whenever I would do a brief, just pulling up skew tees and... Ah, uh, skew tees. Oh, oh, boy. Yeah, just trying to see modeled skew tees for later in the week, and it's always a rough time trying to figure out if there's going to be fog in four days. Yeah, that's tough because you're just trying to see that what the moisture level is going to be at, how your dew points are, matching up with your temperatures or not. And, and then when is it going to leave, too? Because it's one thing to forecast it, but when is it finally going to lift? It's, it's really challenging for sure. So let me ask you, um, I know when we're doing, for I can speak for myself, I don't know about you, I get um, anxious a little bit because you're trying to forecast for everybody, especially when there's the threat for severe weather, hurricanes, or what have you, and everybody's watching you to tell them what to do or what's going to happen. And again, we talked about the computer models, which might not always be as accurate. Well, that's what we're relying on to make our forecast. And we might not get it right all the time, but do you get anxious on that, that you might not get it right? And, and what would happen if you didn't? Oh, definitely. Uh, it, it is a, if we don't get it right, there, there can be some problems. So with, Thankfully, I haven't had to experience this, but say with aircraft specifically, they need a weather brief before they take off. If we say something is good to go, they can go out there and fly, no problems, no thunderstorms, nothing, no turbulence, and they go out and wreck a plane. First people they're coming back to is us. Wow. So that's where the investigation starts. You don't have like a level of saying like, uh, like a one is like all clear, you're fine, like this clear skies. But then there's like, oh, you should be fine, but watch out, there could be something trying to bubble up out there, like those pop-up thunderstorms. Is there something that you tell them so, hey, we're not exactly confident that you're going to be all right? Because you just don't know sometimes. Oh, definitely. And you can put in the remarks too, like uh, Metoc or whoever the person is generating that brief, uh, recommends against going on that flight. Okay. So they can listen to that or they can just go off and do their own thing. But at that point, we don't have liability over it. I can't, I can't imagine um, because I don't have much uh, in the way of aviation forecasting. But I did go and visit some people I knew at Southwest's uh, headquarters in Dallas one time. And it was during the winter and their meteorologists are all at the, the headquarters there. And the... Uh, I met with the team of meteorologists, and the night before, they had decided as a team, uh, just the meteorologists themselves, that they're going to close airports. There are a few in the Midwest, like Cleveland, and just, you know, name a, a handful of Midwest uh, airports, because they thought that they were going to get a big snowstorm. So Southwest goes ahead, clears it out. Didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So they had just come out of a meeting with Big Boss, because, you know, they canceled all these flights. Storm didn't, you know, come to fruition. They lost the company $3 million. Oh, wow. just because it's not just that flight. It's the connecting flight. The connecting oh, yeah. Flight, the connecting oh, yeah. Flight. So, yeah, it's I know that there is that pressure there for us. You know, day to day, I wouldn't say that there's a lot of anxiety that goes into it. And, and we've been here long enough to understand the patterns. But there's always going to be a bit of uncertainty, especially whenever you get to hurricane season and you see these big storms and people will like turn on the infrared and it looks scarier than it is. And 
and they're wanting to know if they need to leave or not. And and that's when like when people are asking questions, but it's a little too far out for us to know. And you know, that's whenever I'm like, eh, well, a lot of times bad. in the past we would not be. We, would, we wouldn't say stuff like that or speculate on that because it was so far out. But nowadays with the internet, everybody who and has a computer access is posting stuff. Hey, this storm's going to hit Savannah or whatever. So you have to address that now, you know, with something's 10 days out. Yeah, you could have the GFS model 10 days out. And it oh, has the GFS a model. Cat yeah. 4 or whatever right over Savannah. And we're just like. Yeah, and then next, social media, yeah, yeah. social media, Savannah's going to get hit. Okay, settle down. And then it's our job to say, well, you know, that's a long forecast. That might or may not. But you, you don't have to worry about all the social media aspects. You guys are worried. Just that's, whatever you have is what you, whatever you say is what's going to happen or what could yeah, happen. Definitely. And the, the thing that really helps us, though, is going through that nine-month-long school, we have a specific section. Uh, everyone knows it as charts. It's, it's a good time. So, Is it? <laughs> so that's where you're staying in class the longest. You'll have printed out paper charts, can't have any phones or anything in the classroom, and you're just going through and analyzing uh, like 300 millibars, 500 millibars, 800, and in yeah. the surface. And you use, have like a set amount of time, just go through it and analyze it. And then you have to put them up on a board and then all the instructors come in and then you have to brief them on what's happening. And they'll, uh, they'll tell you when you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see, a lot of pressure. It yeah. might be, I don't know if I'd rather have viewers tell us yeah, that we're wrong or, or Navy instructors. Mm. You got to have thick skin that's a face way, to face. Right? Yeah, oh, you got to have thick skin. Oh, and you can't be easily offended no. in, in the weather world. So oh, no. once you, uh, if you say something wrong and then they question you, they're like, oh, how do you know that? Oh, it opens up a rabbit hole, and then you just go down. Yeah. And it sometimes it can go, like, you can learn from it, but it definitely uh, prepares you for, for briefing higher-ups. So in the future, uh, what are you looking forward to do in the future? Do you still want to continue with this, or do you want to get maybe into, you were talking about air traffic controlling, or are you going to stay with this? So uh, in the future, I actually want to work my way into uh geospatial information systems. So back at uh, my first command, we were using uh, ArcGIS. I don't know if you guys are familiar. Yeah. Uh, I found a love for it, even though it's a uh, tough program, but it's very interesting. There's so many different things you can do with it. Have you ever looked into space weather at all? Like getting into, you know, people, you know, there's a solar flare and that's going to affect this or that because I, I have uh, a couple of buddies that work like NASA meteorology that actually has a space forecast center. So I'm not that good at space weather. We <laughs> actually have to learn it um, in our first schooling. And it just, most of it did not make sense to me. A lot of it's over my head, I guess. Definitely. I don't literally remember, I didn't study that. <laughs> I'm going back to the, uh, to the, uh, when was I in the college? I was in there in the late eighties, early nineties. We didn't really have space yet, weather. Then. No, <laughs> not born didn't yet. have that. So uh, you're here in Savannah. We'll kind of wrap this up here. You've been in here for Navy Week. You're in Savannah for the week. You're in the parade. Uh, you said you're leaving tomorrow. Is there anything else that you guys are going to do or you personally want to do before you get to leave? Um, so actually right after this, uh, we're heading back to the Science Center. And then we're going to be showing off our equipment that we brought with us. So that's going to be really neat to like have people come through, ask questions. It's a... 
It's going to be a good time. So over on Tybee Island? Uh, yes. The Marine Science Center? Cool. Yeah, and that's that's uh, pretty new, too. So oh, it's, it's a, nice, uh, a nice building for you. And good weather for now, even though we've got rain <laughs> coming in later. So Yeah, yeah, you get that stuff done before the storm's in here later on tonight. Yeah, well, enjoy, and thank you for so much for coming in. Hopefully the Hostess City treated you well while you were here, and uh, you guys continue to just keep up the good work. We appreciate you. Thank you. All right. Uh, AJ, AG2 Brady Mazowski, thank you very much for stopping in this week, and we appreciate you, and good luck in all your endeavors with the future in the Navy. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for another edition of this, of listening to this uh, WTOC First Learn Weather podcast.